Warning! What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Ladies and gentlemen, dorks and dweebs, nerds of all ages, GeekPod Network Productions is proud to bring to you the most electrifying middle-aged guys in Syracuse, the Doctor, Hugh Allen, the pod whore, Paul Showitz. Alone, they are single geek beacons in a dark cop drama world. But when the mics go hot, they are GeekPod. God Welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. And I'm Corbs. Boys, what you playing? Or should I say, this <laughs> week's Valhalla check-in. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, where are you? Where am I? Is that what you said? Yeah, you, Paul. I um, am are you still... still are, you, are you still hunting around? No, or... I, I, I realized that I could do fast travel back to where I was starting. So I literally okay. went right back to the beginning and got back on the ship and actually sailed without dying to the <laughs> land. And then I started <laughs> doing all the quests. How did I you don't know. I have no idea. I think I was doing the follow, follow the shore thing. And then all of a sudden it blipped to me running in the, the scary like shadow land. So I don't know what I did. I don't know if I let it crash into something. But. Yeah, yeah, as far as I know, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, crash your ship. The only thing, only thing I can think of when he's talking about that is I noticed when I was having my issues when I was in the village there, the first raid you go on or whatever, after you, you get back and you talk to the king and all that stuff and you go on the raid with your, your brother or whatever, I got hit with an arrow and it stayed in my, it stayed on, in my shoulder. Nice. And I was like, I was mystified because a lot of times it, you, it, you get hit with them and you don't see it. That one for some reason stayed in my shoulder and I kept losing hit points. Like I, I couldn't understand why. That's how you were bleeding. Well, I I, I get the, I get that reason, but I didn't nine times out of ten, the arrow won't, doesn't stay in you. Yeah. I've never you seen hit that. with it and it's it's gone or whatever, but that one stayed and like I was like real around. arrows. You yeah, could like it really you could feel it, like yeah. pulsing in the, the controller. I'm like, what the hell is that all about? I'm trying to run into things, see if I could knock it out or whatever, but it's in the bone. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's great. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's funny you bring up that first raid because that's where I, I did a save point and stopped last night. That's right where I got to, where I was going back to see Sigurd and basically go over and fuck up Kehova, Je- Jehovah, the dad killer. <laughs> And yeah. um, Because I knew that's what was coming next is that yeah. I got to get on the ship and go raid his place. 
Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, it's now like 1230. I think it's a good stopping point before we get into this shit. So, yeah. so, so just to be clear, you played multiple nights this week uh, for hours at a time and managed to get about seven and a half minutes past where you were last week. Yes. Yeah, okay, basically. Just making sure. Um, but now I'm at least on the right track. And I also found when I when I was wandering the the hillside, I found another town and it threw me into this quest where I had to chase down this guy that was selling my dad's helmet and shit. Yes. I got I did that one too. I'm assuming to I did that way out of uh out yep. of order. <laughs> and it, I didn't kill him. Like I let him live. I didn't. I fucking tooled his ass up. No, no. Like I chased him down and then we had a discussion and he gave me a key and I walked away. I like it didn't even give me the option. Stole the key. Oh, well, it didn't give me the option. Like I know a lot of the, all the other dialogue things, like you give you options for stuff, but no, it just went into like a cutscene, we're talking, and then here's your key, I'm gone. And he said, Take really? whatever you want. And I assumed that I was gonna get to go take uh his father's he- helmet. He he gave you the, he gave you the key because when I talked to him he didn't give me the key he ran off and I had to fight like three other yep. four other guys. Yep, yep, that all happened. But then when I tracked him down, oh, you tracked him. See, I I I ran I I found it like you by accident. I showed up I showed up on it, but I had already done like the raid and all that stuff. <laughs> so I was going through. I'm trying to find like all the artifacts and the wealth and all that stuff. So I've been doing that the past couple of days. Um, but I ran into that guy and. Like I talked to him, you know, I found out that, you know, it was in my, his, his dad's hat, helmet and all that stuff. But then he ran off and I got attacked by like three or four guys and ended up killing them. And then I couldn't find him anywhere. Yeah, so I was I, running around the, I was running around the village and I was collecting stuff in the village. And then all of a sudden I, I ended up back at his shop and he was there and he ran off again. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it reset up. Yeah. You were, you were wandering <laughs> around the village for that long. It reset. <laughs> so I was, I was like, Nope. So I chased his ass down and just, I, I killed him. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I chased him down in the same idea. Like, then I lost him, and then he's just standing around waiting for you to catch up to him because yeah. I, I, I didn't know what was going on at first. He just all of a sudden beats feet, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why, where are you going, dude? <laughs> uh, and that was when I texted you, Hugh, and asked about them name-dropping Ragnar. <laughs> to which I responded, Paul, Ragnar was a real person. <laughs> well, I think you posed it as a question. You were like, you, you know that's a real person, right? <laughs> and i was like well now that i googled i do <laughs> yes vikings was originally marketed as a historical drama nice. now i do not know um how closely they hewed to actual history uh because i did not want to look it up and get spoiled for potential plot points um i'm guessing though with some of the shit they showed on that show obviously that that isn't anything that's going to be in the history books right. uh, but yeah i mean it was originally pitched like it was you know almost like a docudrama Nice. And I think the popularity, you know, they, they, I think they might have definitely skewed off of that. And that's my impression. It makes sense. But as I understand it, um, well, no, you're watching the show now, right, Corbs? Yeah, I haven't watched much of it lately. Okay. But yeah, well, I would, I'm like three episodes in or whatever. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, I you know, it's hard to watch Vikings when you're watching Supernatural. It's true. <laughs> oh, it is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to mention something that I, I came across in researching Ragnar. Um, but I don't want to spoil stuff for the show for people that are still trying to watch it. Well, aren't you still watching it? Or are you already, are you done? Yeah, but it? I've already ruined it for myself because of my ah. you know historical research. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say to you, Hugh, that that should make sense is the Snake Pit. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. So did that actually happen? Uh, apparently that was historically accurate. Yes. Okay. That was one of the things I wondered about. And I always remember, I mean, forever after that, um, there were always, you, you won't even know this, but um, my wife and I, when something would happen, we'd both go ale from curved horns. And you'll know what I mean when you get there. Okay. You'll even remember it in that, in that cadence and everything. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Cause that's probably going to be a while, right? Yeah. All right. Season four, I think season five. Yeah, definitely going to be a while because I'm about the same spot Corbs is in uh, season one right now. So. The very beginning? Yep. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up to you guys to see if either of you had heard about the legendary weapon that was discovered in the game this week. Is this the bow? Yes, Nodin's Ark. Yes. I, now, uh, did, I saw that article. Did you actually read it or did yes, you just skim I'm, it? I, 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 I think I read the whole article about how people are doing it. Okay. Um, it works. First oh, of all, nice. uh, really easy. Uh, um, they've actually figured out how to legitimately get it. Um, Excalibur's in the game, and people actually had they decoded the Isu language, okay, which is the language of the ancients, which you guys will find out more about in this game. Um, I assume. I mean, right now it's pretty light on this. This this is a long running Assassin's Creed backstory. Um, it's it's pretty light on that, so I don't know how, de- how deep they're going to get into it. But they decoded that language, and then using runes on the the spine of the Steelbook version of the game, and runes like in the cover art, and all this crazy shit, they figured out that the lake that that is ba- that where you find that island is shaped like Singapore, okay. And the one of the developers for the game was based out of it was Ubisoft Singapore, and someone there was a connection there. They they figured out that Excalibur is the only thing that could break those rocks. But to, to let you know, Corbs, there is a super powerful legendary bow called Noden's Ark. And when you get to um, England, okay, okay, once once you've got a decent uh, amount of power, I mean, you don't want to fight anybody on this, this journey, okay? Um, you know, steer clear, get on your horse, run away from people. Um, so you're more powerful. But if you just travel north, um, right in the, pretty much to, just to the right of um, the center of the entire continent, when you get to the top, there's one last large body of water. It's, it's shaped kind of like Singapore, so it's kind of like a kind of like a fuzzy circle type thing. Um, if you go to that uh, lake and right at the bottom of it, just a little bit to the left and up into it, there's a little small island, and there is a, there's one tree on it, I believe, and there's a uh, stack of rocks that looks like the rocks you get iron ore out of. But people okay. discovered that if they hit it with weapons, nothing happened. Well. Apparently, if you have Excalibur, it'll break. But what you can do, they uh, discovered a brute force hack. If you hit it three, four, five times with your weapon, save your game, go to load, load that save, hit it again a few times, save your game, go to load, load that save. When you come back in, the stones are broken and the bow appears as as have you having collected it on the, the side of your screen. Oh, okay. Um, so the developers didn't know that was possible. That's not how you're supposed to get it. Um, but it is a pretty sweet bow, and it would be uh, super awesome to get that early so you don't have to worry about upgrading any other bows. All right. So like you said, I mean, at any level you can do it, just as long as you're dodging all the enemies and stuff. Well, I, you know, I didn't run into any enemies on my way there anyway. Okay. So I'm just saying, and if you take a slightly different path than I did, um, you know, watch it. Uh, the nice thing about this bow is it's already like 7 out of 10 um um, spots upgraded as well so it's le- it's wow. it's legendary and it's also almost fully upgraded so it's not going to cost you a lot of resources to finish upgrading it um very very nice weapon i mean that that's an end game bow right there 
I like it. This this can take out like legendary creatures and stuff in three or four charge shots. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. But I shouldn't be heading anywhere near England yet, right? Well, you could have if you you know played more than you know a minute and twelve seconds every day. <laughs> right. When 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 you boil it down, as opposed to me just taking my leisurely walk through the mountains. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been, like I said, I've been hunting artifacts and the, the wealth across the Norway or whatever. You know, that's I've been raiding like the villages and stuff, like the, the villages and stuff like that. I, I raid all that stuff. I've been going through. I think I've got about, I want to say probably just over fifty percent of everything. Good, good. So, you, you really should be doing that. Don't don't let my uh, my peer pressure make you leave. Um, no, no. And, I, I, remember, I remember you saying originally saying that you should do all that stuff first, build up your your character's hit point, you know, skill and all that stuff and, and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, so, something else I learned this week. Um, if you run across tungsten uh, ingots, tungsten are what you have to use to um, basically upgrade um, like silver weapons. I forget what they're called, maybe fine or superior to legendary to the last level. Um, they are hard to get. There's not a lot of them in the game. I would suggest not upgrading any of your gear to legendary um, unless you're 100% sure you want to do it. I'm at a point right now where I need three tungsten ingots to upgrade one of my spears. And then everything I have, I'm running as legendary and I can't find any. I do know there's some in the, there, there's more in the game. You get them in the higher level countries, which I could go there right now, um, but there's a limited amount of them unless uh, eventually you are able to get them from the uh, fisherman shack and the, uh, the hunter shack in your village. The problem is you have to basically deliver orders to them. Like they say, I want, you know, six of this fish, 10 of that fish, you know, 14 of this fish, or I need X number of viper eggs and wolf fangs and things like that. And the orders that they're asking you for, uh, just at first glance, I mean, first of all, fishing's a pain in the ass. It's fun, but if you're fishing for something specific, then it gets difficult. Mm. Um, the other thing is uh, when it comes to getting things like viper eggs, I mean, I've kill a hundred vipers get no viper eggs you know it's 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 i don't want to have to rely on that particular system to get those ingots i need because it looks like it's going to be a real pain so I, I i did upgrade a few things not realizing how rare they were going to be gotcha all right dead air that's awesome <laughs> that's great we have nothing else to talk about guys come on uh, well i didn't know if there was there was more knowledge to to toss around here because i mean my obviously i'm still very limited because a, as far as progress in the game i've literally not left the village according to what i've played yet so although i, I did finally find the tattoo shop that i supposedly have a tattooed up tattoo upgrade for nice but oh and uh corbs the the where we found that uh the the traitor basically that you killed and I just took his keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the story with the the floating papers in the wind? One like, of them, you're supposed to catch one of them. That, that that's a tattoo upgrade. I, I saw that on uh, YouTube. Gotcha. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what is that? Because you, you you know obviously you can click on if you go to the map you can click on like the gold things and it tells you right where it is and you can direct yourself to that area. Well, one of them was, uh, I don't know if it was an artifact or whatever or something, but I noticed it. It was in, it was on this thing on YouTube I was watching and it was a piece of paper that was floating around and he was, ch and, and he, you're chasing this thing all through the village, like yeah. over, over the, 
the huts and stuff like that down through the streets, and all of a sudden it ends up at the end of the dock, and that's where he picks it up. Oh. Yeah, the, the problem is it's only there for so long. Right. So if you get there in time, it's going to disappear now. Um, if you haven't noticed already, it's really neat that you can climb just about everything, but the, a lot of the, the collision system and the, the parkour system in this game, I, I don't want to say it's broken, um, but it, it, it's kind of fucked. Um, certainly o Odyssey was much smoother um, in this respect. So, I mean, when you try to, and you try to run and chase these things, you end up getting stuck on shit and climbing up stuff to your left. And it's, it's a ridiculous pain in the ass. Uh, a couple things you can do to mitigate that one um, after you, once you set it off, if you don't get it, it'll appear back where it is. You can always figure out where it is. And a couple times I've taken a dr more direct route through the city and gotten there and waited for it to catch up or you can intercept it on it and its way through. Uh, the other thing you can do is there is an ability. Um, is it called charging rush? I don't know. Um, there's an ability that you can get in the game and you have to look at the map and, and maybe look up a map and figure out which one. What it does is it basically freezes time and you run forward until you grab an enemy. So it kind of freezes time until you, you collide with something. Nice. Well, if you get that and right before you're close enough to this thing to trigger it taking off, trigger that ability and run, it'll stay there and you can just, you know, mash uh, the triangle button and snap. Nice. Takes off. Okay. Um, so I, I started doing my skill upgrades now, now that you guys pointed out that I should be doing that. Um, what power level are you, Corbs? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I've been doing the same thing. I had something last week when we were talking about it and Hugh mentioned about doing that. I, was, I had 12 skill points and I put them all on like strength like i did all the strength stuff and i've gotten a few more and i'm starting to pick go in different directions with everything else now yeah um, i started I did, to spread out some too yeah i started to spread it out i mean this, my strength was pretty strong um so but to, if i wanted if you wanted to minus been like probably i couldn't tell you i'd have to go and look but well, i only know because like i said i was doing it last night I'm, mine is right now a power level of nine okay and um, I've been mostly mostly dealing with the, the the melee stuff, like right up in the center. Like I've been taking most of those skills, but I did go down and do I think one or two on stealth. Yep, I did a couple of stealth too. Yeah, and then I think I did a, I can't remember, a couple other ones, but mainly I've been doing like the like the strength. I did the strength to start. I, I kind of I went hit hard on the strength. I think I had like I said twelve. I think I did eight or 10 on the strength and then one on the other two. And then I've gotten a few more that I haven't done yet. I was playing it for a little bit this afternoon. I played for like a half an hour um, before I had to go buy a new webcam. I gave the one I, the one I bought, the one I bought last week. Yeah. I gave to my son for school. Okay. He, he has, quick. Yeah. Well, I bought it last, I bought the webcam last week. And I used it for the podcast, but on Saturday morning, I hooked it up to my son's computer because the computer my dad bought him for his birthday gift last year didn't. His computer didn't come with a webcam, so when he's in school because he's doing school from home, mm -hmm. he's got a Chromebook. Well, the Chromebook is too slow. They're garbage. So I just said, "Well, let's I'll buy it, use it for the podcast tonight, and then we'll hook it up to yours. And if we have to, we can just switch them back and forth." And I was like, right. well, that's going to be fucking stupid. <laughs> so we hooked it up to his on Saturday at work. And I was like, well, I'll just fucking go buy another one. So today I went to Best Buy and picked up another one. So Nice. So, Have all the big sales started yet? Bit, what's that? 
Have all the big sales started yet? Um, not yet. I, and I did go to the one at the mall. There's still the one on the boulevard. The one on the boulevard is going to still be there. Mm-hmm. But the one at the mall is closing. So, but the, they hadn't said they hadn't seen anything sales wise. And I, I, I kind of looked through it. I was looking through like at the TVs and like the laptops and stuff like that. It's just you know, to, they're just going to ship their their inventory yeah. over to Erie Boulevard. Why would right. they? Sell or they're going to they're going to send it they're going to send it to the warehouse because everybody's just buying shit online now. So yeah. They, yeah. They, you you'll get a few sales. I think you'll get a few things that they'll sell, but a lot of it will be like Hugh says. It'll be shipped to the boulevard or out to they got a store out in Utica, so mm-hmm. they're going to ship it other places or pick it up yeah. online or whatever. So um, you may you may be able to snag a few things on sale there, but I don't think you're going to get much. Well, probably like, nothing significant. Like if right. anything, they'll throw movies and and games yeah. on sale and yeah. You're looking for deals on TVs. Holy shit! I was at Walmart today. They had a 70 inch TV for like 400 and something dollars. And and, and he, I was and I literally was walking through Best Buy and I was looking at their TVs and they had like a 70 inch TV for like 1300 bucks. And I'm like, I can go to Walmart and get it half that price. Uh, well, yeah, I, I noticed that today. They had a 53 for like 298. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, I know these aren't like the big brands, but you know, things like Insignia have now become respectable brands. Yes. Because I've been pushing them for years. I'm just like, holy crap. I mean, my my 43-inch TV was $400, right. you know? And and I'm just looking at, you know, I can get one bigger than that, 10 inches bigger for half the price, just about. Yep. Right. And um, there's, what, there's one of the brands that Target offers every year for Black Friday that I always scoffed at that apparently is, like, one you need to take a second look at now. Because it's like quickly becoming a really good brand. I want to say it's. I thought it started with a T. It's not Element, is it? No. Toshiba? But the same idea. No. I got Taiwan TV. I got TV. Was I got an Insignia? Insignia, and a Roku. Nice. Roku's was that a, from Roku's Best Buy? Nice. Yeah. I got. Yeah. I, actually, I bought my TVs. I buy my TVs at Walmart. I'm under the impre- I'm under the same impression, and I tell people it's all this, the same thing. All the parts inside the unit are pretty much the same. They're all they're all pretty much made in the same area by the same company. You're just buying the shell. That's what you're buying for for the price. You're buying the name. Yep, for a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna buy a TV, a 42 inch or a 43 inch or a 50 inch TV. I'm not going to be buying, you know, a Toshiba for 800 bucks. I'll buy the the Roku for 450. It's the same damn TV. Damn near. So it's just uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm naive in that aspect of it, but well, there, there's, there is a difference when you start looking at those high end Samsung and LG displays, the the OLED displays and stuff. I'm not saying you're wrong because I, I could never afford one of those TVs. And if I was to buy one, I'd get it at Walmart. But there is a quality difference when you get into the high end shit. Okay. And, and you want to see the difference? Walk into BJ's because holy crap, they have those giant TVs on display and they look fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they do. I was I was there. Uh, that's where I got my glasses from. So you're right. Before, you walk in those, see those TVs. They're, they're magnificent in there. Before we get too off track, I, I want to give you guys a piece of advice on your skill tree. Um, don't bother putting points in your assassin ability or unless you have to, to get to another thing, um, unless you don't want to do this, but in your settings, there is a, in this, and you can change this mid game. There's a setting 
to do insta-kills for assassinations. The reason they put that in there is in the original games, uh, Assassin's Creed games, before um, uh, Origins, when you assassinated somebody, you assassinated them, okay? Uh, it, that, that was it. I mean, you, you put a fucking you know, blade in the back of their head or whatever, they're dead. Um, starting in Origins, it would depend on your power level. So if you went after a higher enemy, it would take a bigger chunk than anything else you did, but they would still be alive. A lot of people complained about that. So while they said that the game isn't meant to be played like that, you can turn that on. And anytime you use an assassination, it's an insta-kill. So there's really no reason to focus on um, traits that increase your damage per assassination. That doesn't mean there aren't good assassin tree skills, um, but it's not an, uh, not necessary. You're not, you're not helping yourself because those only apply when you do an assassination. And if you have that turned on, it's going to kill the guy anyway. And gotcha. I personally feel that that's how it should be. I mean, I shouldn't, I don't care how powerful or how high level you are. If I stick, you know, an, an eight inch blade in the back of your head, you're, you're not going to turn around and start fighting me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I uh, found that I've done it like I, the assassination thing, you know, it, come, it comes up, pops up and you hit right one and you kill the, kill the guy. I was in a spot up in the mountains looking for, I don't know, it was a, a book, like a power book or something like that. I can't remember. Knowledge. I, yeah. A book of knowledge. And there was a, it's a, it's a small little like mountain town type of thing. And there's a bunch of the guys in there. And I assassinated like four or five of them. And it was like you said, back of the head or they, he takes you down stabs you in the heart or whatever. And you, you're dead. So I don't know if mine is, was turned on because I've, well, I've done it. And it, I've it, had that. I've had it. It hasn't happened where I've had to like hit somebody multiple well, times when you try to assassinate. You're also low level. And so are the enemies in Norway. Okay. So you may want to check your settings for that. Okay. Yeah. I've got that now too. I, I, I got my wrist blade and went through that stuff. Yeah. And it shows you how to use it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're... But where they were pointing, I was all confused. They're, where they're telling me that I have to jump off the ledge and do it. Yep. Or hang off the ledge and do it. And I keep trying to hang off of that half stone wall. And I'm, I'm like, this isn't working. Because <laughs> I was on the wrong side. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> 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 I do, and one thing, they're, they're like, they're like and it, you know, it shows up and the guy turns, he turns red or whatever, the guy you got to kill. And he's like, oh, kill the guy. You got to kill the guy from underneath. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at the guys. I'm like, I'm hitting the guy. And there's one guy, nothing happened. And I'm like, where's this guy? I didn't realize there was a guy on top of the freaking little building stand thing up there. <laughs> there was a guy. And so I was like, oh, this is a guy I got to go kill. Okay. <laughs> Took me like five minutes to figure it out. I'm like, I'm like, where is this guy that I got to kill? They keep, they're like, I'm just standing around looking at me. I'm like, what, what am I doing right. wrong? You're picking on another guy, and the other guy that you're supposed to be killing is right in front of you. Yeah. Paul's taking notes. Yes. Okay, so um, any new games you want to discuss, Hugh? Because we know you're way further along in in this game than we are. Uh, No, not really. Uh, I did um, take a few minutes today to start playing uh, Skyrim VR. Um, uh, I managed to get about 10 minutes into it before I started feeling uh, motion sick and stopped. Finally, I'm stopping when I start to feel it so that it goes away in like 15 minutes rather than, you know, playing until I get to a save point and then feeling like shit the rest of the day. Yeah, that's uh, so I, I didn't really get to get too far into it. And of course, I've, I've played Skyrim four different times on different um, devices. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get all the way through this again. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's immersive. I did get to fire a bow because there's a little um, 
there's a little uh, setup, like a, not even a prologue, just it gets you used to the controls and then it puts you into what you know everyone's used to where you, you start in the wagon and you're a prisoner. <laughs> so I got to like fire a bow and you're really going like this. I mean, pull the trigger to notch the arrow, aim. I mean, it's pretty fucking cool. That's awesome. And it's accurate. It's really accurate. Now, it's I, I feel like I think about all the people I killed in uh, Skyrim and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be really tiring. Uh, but I'm going to give it a shot. The, the movement's a little weird, and I'm kind of scared of my first um, uh, fight with a dragon. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Right. Um, yeah, that's yeah. You're gonna wear yourself out. You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna sweat through through some clothes on that. I'm thinking. Maybe. But uh, guys, what's got you geeked? I'll tell you. I found. The Cocoa Pebbles creamer. Yeah. And I decided what do kids do when they have Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles? They mix them. They mix them together. <laughs> mm, and it's not sweet horrible. Chocolate and lemon. Mm. This is strange, but I love it. You said chocolate and lemon. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, it's a Fruity Pebbles have a very lemon forward flavor, yeah. you know, very citrus. So, um, yeah, but. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, now, what's got me geeked is uh, something I discovered last week, and I should have talked about it then. Uh, I'm going to give a um, huge, huge shout out to a, uh, a relatively new local restaurant uh, we have here uh, near me uh, on Erie Boulevard. It's called Mikasa Grande. And uh, if you know where HK Chinese Takeout is, that's like an institution in the city, which it shouldn't be because their food isn't that good. But not across the street, like on the other side of Erie Boulevard, but across the side street next to them. Um, they they knocked down an old uh, Korean grocery store and they built a little place there. And uh, I noticed it uh, when we were coming back uh, from somewhere, from Avery's therapy appointment, I think, or something, which is further downtown. And I'd seen it before that they were building something, but I saw it it's open now. I'm like, oh, what's that? Um, I look it up and uh, immediately was interested. It's a Latin American or not Latin American. It's a Latin. Um, yeah, I guess it's Latin America. Yeah. So it's Latin American food. I'm stupid. Um it's uh, I was thinking Latin fused with American food, but no, it's Latin American. Uh, looked up their menu, was really surprised by what we saw. Now, they've got an interesting setup. Um, you know, there's a medium uh, combo meal for ten dollars, uh, large for 13. And they have selections of meats and rices, which I'll get into in a second. But then I saw they had mafungo. And that's what really caught our eye, because when um, my wife's had mafungo several times because she's been to Puerto Rico a few times. And when we went down to Puerto Rico a few years ago, she was excited to have me try it. Now, mafungo is basically fried plantains mashed with like garlic and um, salt and, and spices. And it's almost like mash, it's mashed plantain, basically. And down there, they form it around some sort of meat here. They just serve it with it. Um, so we were really like, wow, Mafongo, never seen that on a, a menu here before. Also noticed they had empanadas and, you know, every year at Taste of Syracuse, we always want to get empanadas from uh, what's that place uh, over in the set, the music court, um, uh, Las Delicias, you know, and we're, we're always, you know, my wife's always like, oh, I love the empanadas. And I noticed they had tamales, which again is something, you know, my wife knows how to make. She's tried to make uh, to varying uh, degrees of success, but I had never had an actual real tamale ever. You know, I mean, we, we don't find them out places and the few places we have, she's tasted it and she's like, that's not what they tasted like in Puerto Rico. So I'm like, you know, we're going to go down there and try this shit. So I go down there, get a couple empanadas, a couple tamales, um, a couple combo meals and uh, brought it back home. And it was fucking delicious. So good. We got basically I, I didn't eat today. I ate one meal. I had a couple nice. pretzel chips for lunch and we got um, 
uh, Mikasa Grande and had that for dinner while we watched WandaVision. And um, the food is amazing. Okay. The empanadas, um, first of all, I, I hate to say this, but I mean, they, they make uh, Las Delicias' empanadas look like Hot Pockets. Okay. <laughs> They're also the size of my head. They're nice. fucking huge. Like just the pocket of the meat and cheese and everything was as big as Las Delicias' entire empanada. Because, you know, empanada has a pocket and then there's like the, the flat part where it's sealed yep. and it's all crispy. Yeah, yeah, it's just the meat pocket was as big as their whole empanada. Uh, moving on to the uh, uh, the tamales, my, my wife was floored. She's like, this is the best tamale uh, I've ever had. Uh, and, and I, for the first time having a tamale, I was like, this is really freaking good. Uh, from there, the mofongo was authentic and it was good. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of it in Puerto Rico. Um I shouldn't say that. It, it was all right. I was just like, eh, this is good. Glad I tried it. Glad I didn't order it. Um, but the mofongo was, it tasted authentic, just like what we had in Puerto Rico. The big thing is the combo meals. Now they start off, they got big styrofoam boxes and they have white rice, Cuban rice, which has black beans in it. Um, a Mexican rice, which is yellow rice with vegetables and then yellow rice with pigeon peas, which is you know common in Latin American food. They start off by scooping a ridiculous amount of rice into this thing i'm talking like four scoops like the big part of the tray you know you have the big one at the bottom yep. it's oh heaping over that that's probably like five or six servings of rice if you split it up among people who are eating right it's ridiculous then you can get red beans on top of those they have red beans and sauce and just put it right over there it's right there i mean you have meat right there rice with red beans over it that's a meal move on to the meats they've got Fried chicken, they've got Atlantic cod, fried pork chops, beef stew, chicken stew, um, beef barbacoa, uh, which is good. It's slow cooked beef. They have something called pernil, which is uh, roast pork, which is something I've made uh, before. And the, it, it's amazing. It's basically slow roasted pork and it's juicy and it's got so much flavor with the spices they put in it. They also do fried pork. Now, this isn't the fried pork chop, and I don't know if this is cut up pieces of pork chop or what, but it's, it's chunks of pork and it's not breaded and fried. It's just seasoned and fried. So the pork is naked, but because there's no coating, all of the fat on that gets melty. And you know, the kind nice. of fat I'm talking yep. about, you oh, know how yeah. you get a one out of every 15 pork chops has that like perfect melty fat. Oh, it is so good. And they just pile it in there. You get a, two meats with a large uh, one with a medium, and then you still get a salad on the side. With nice. a decent Italian dressing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 13 bucks, but I mean, it's two meals Worth for it. me, three meals for her. Uh, and the food is fucking amazing. So if you have the opportunity, um, you know, they're open seven days a week. They're open uh, from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, right there on Erie Boulevard, right near um, Price Right and all that, you know, gotcha. right across the street. Uh, check it out. Mi Casa Grande. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. The place is clean. Uh, it, it's spotless in there. The only thing you might run into is... First time I went, uh, the girl behind the counter uh, was knowledgeable and helpful and very good. Tonight I went there and the girl was uh, nice, but it was a different girl. But she, it was, it almost seemed like it was her first day. You know, it, either she couldn't understand what I was saying or she didn't really know what was going on. I actually had to tell her, you know, oh, by the way, I'm supposed to get salad with this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like red beans on that. You know, red beans, you know, it's, it's, it was, she was confused. I think she might have been new. Uh, but uh, they're they're trying. It's a brand new, locally owned place, and uh, please try it out. They they deserve your money. And we will definitely link to that in the show notes. Definitely. You should be getting that for lunch, Paul. You're right there downtown. You could jet over. Not very often anymore, it. but yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. My uh, what's got me geeked is, is real quick. Uh, news finally came out. Mandalorian season three starts filming in April, which means we will probably see it um, January 2022. Nice. All right. Corbs, you got time to do yours before we go to break? Yeah, yeah. Mine's, mine's, real sh- mine's going to be real short, too. My thing's got me geeked is uh, Godzilla versus Kong trailer. Oh, yes. Watch that. Cannot it. wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. That That's going to be. Uh, a definite must see. That's one of those things I think you got to see on the big screen now. Yeah. Well, you might you, not have if, a choice. If you can. Yeah. If you can. Right. I, I'd like to see it on the big screen, but most likely it'll probably be on um, my marginally large screen in my living room. Yeah, true. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, like, that, that'll be a, a huge topic of discussion. I'd probably say right around the end of uh, March when that releases. Yeah. I believe that's March 30th now. They just pushed it back a week. Probably, yeah. But, like I said, we'll come back to that in uh, a little over a month. And uh, right now, we're we're going to come back to this in a little over five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Uh, 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 Stay tuned, folks. All right, done recording. (laughs) I'm sitting here (laughs) watching us count down. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've just got to run upstairs and, and take a leak quick, and we can get right back at it. All right, thanks for sharing. Hey, no problem. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest returns in 2021 with an all-new location. This family-friendly event will have new celebrity guests, new activities and attractions, as well as a diverse selection of vendors, ranging from horror and sci-fi merchandise, artists and authors, tattoo artists, podcasts, as well as unique vendors like breweries and wineries. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 27th and 28th, the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Guest announcements will begin after the new year. For all up-to-date information, including tickets, vendor space, and sponsorship packages, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Please note, dates of event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Hold on. Might as well leave that in too. <laughs> We're oh, back. Taking ad. Oh, are we? Fantastic. All right. Let's do the news. Uh, first up in Corbs, this is for you. Cloverfield of Dreams. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Joe Barton, uh, he's the showrunner of it. The HBO Max upcoming Gotham City show has been tapped to uh, write Cloverfield 2. This is going to be a direct sequel to the original movie, not a... Uh, Nice. Kind of spin off in the same universe like the other few movies of the Cloverfield Paradox and uh, Cloverfield Lane. So this is going to be a direct sequel. Um, no uh, information on if there's any returning characters or, you know, exactly where this picks up. Uh, but it is nice that, you know, even though this isn't a huge big movie franchise we hear about a lot, it's still going strong. I mean, when they when they had the surprise Netflix movie come out, I kind of thought, well, you know, this is probably the end of it. But no, apparently it's still doing good. Next up, Pereira Mun 2021. I am so excited about this. G4 has confirmed that both X-Play and Attack of the Show are returning this summer. Now, Paul's got a smile on his face because he knows what I'm talking about. Yes. X-Play was hosted by uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb and mostly covered uh, video game type stuff. Uh, Attack of the Show was a live pop culture news show, and it had lots of hosts over the years. Uh, some of the big ones were uh, Kevin Pereira, Olivia, mm-hmm. Olivia Munn, and Sarah Jean Underwood. I think she was also a Playboy 
playmate or something. She is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I used to watch this religiously. Attack of the Show every single night. Loved it. Uh, it was, yeah. And and, I, and it was like the only real good thing about G4. You know, I mean, uh, X-Play was okay. He was good. I like Adam right. Sessler. He's a little yeah. irritating, but Attack of the Show was fucking great. And uh, I'm was so happy. To Hardwick also from Attack of the Show originally? Uh, he, he, he did stuff on there. Um, yeah. he, he would show up. I, I don't know. I mean, I started watching like the last two years it was on. So I think that I missed a lot of the earlier hosts. Like I, I know that Olivia Munn wasn't there to begin with. It was uh, someone named Blair, I think. Yes, Blair something. Um, I remember her too. Yeah, I, I think I, I saw her briefly and, and I really liked her and I was pissed off when Olivia Munn started. But then I kind of grew to like her too. But Kevin Prayer is great. I've even listened yes. to a couple episodes of his podcast and he's just, I don't know. He's like the most laid back. He's like stoned, but not stupid 24 <laughs> seven. Um, the guy's great. Finally, these are the stamps you were looking for. No details on price or date yet, but the USPS is releasing 10 new stamps featuring the droids of Star Wars. Now, I don't know if they're doing this because they need us geeks to prop them up after having all, you know, the, the funding and all the attacks on the, uh, the institution. But uh, I know that's something you'll probably have in your office, Paul. You'll probably frame yes. them. Um, that's yep. something I'll go, hey, that's neat and forget about it. Um, don't know about you, <laughs> Corbs. Do you send letters? No. Okay. You probably, you probably don't want to send a letter with that, these anyway, but it's kind of nice they're making the gesture. This is actually supposed to be uh, a show of support from Disney and their connections with uh, STEM, uh, you know, science, uh, technology, en engineering, and mathematics. Yep. Um, because droids was, are technology. son's in that program, or was in that program yeah. when he was in school, so. Yeah, Disney is a big supporter of that, so that, that's, that's part of the impetus behind this is – um, you know, sh showing the partnership with STEM. I wasn't able to determine if they're actually giving money to STEM. It just said, hey, we're making some stamps on a property we purchased for a lot of money because we have a partnership with another company. I, I don't know. It was kind of vague. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with, you know, maybe they're get getting some money out of that. Uh, but that's the news, kids. Now it's time to go spend my daughter's college fund on Nokia stock. Paul? <laughs> and we'll roll right into it from there. Um <laughs> Who, who's uh who's got a uh, robin hood on their uh their mobile phones no i, mean, I didn't figure any of us um no. dr hugh you you want to set us off on this oh i would absolutely love to <laughs> and uh no i don't have robin hood because it's it's a bullshit app um, I, I did attempt to use it but uh, i couldn't uh, i'm personally using cash app uh which has worked well for me so okay. far uh, but I, there's been something going on corbs are you familiar with this the, the game stonks phenomenon yep. at all Okay. Do you understand it? I know that some hedge funds were trying to, were buying the stock when it was low or whatever or something like that. And they were trying to like flood the market with it. I, I only got caught a little bit of it, but okay. not too much. Let, let me explain this to you. So they were trying to do what's called short the stock. Now I, I am not, uh, I am not a financial advisor. Uh, I can only tell you what I understand. This is complicated. But what they were doing is they were borrowing the stock from somebody else. Okay. At, a, at, a, at a higher price, they would sell it to other people at a higher price. And there's a contract at a certain date, they have to pay for those stocks. They have to cover the short. What they're hoping is that if they buy at 10, they sell it at 10, but then it drops to five. When they pay it back to the original person or whatever, they only have to pay back the market price. So the idea is that, you know, they make money. They, they give back, you know, $5 and they get to keep the other $5. So they, they made five bucks on each stock. So, what this does when they short a stock like this, they basically get together, they target a company that, that's probably struggling financially. And when they do this, this can put a company under. 
this can destroy it. You know, I mean, you're, you're basically devaluing the company artificially to make right. a couple bucks here and there. Well, some people noticed that uh, GameStop stock had been shorted and, you know, GameStop, you know, it's an institution, you know, especially if you think, you know, um, you know, electronics boutique was rolled into GameStop, you know, yes. they all have the same yeah, DNA. And that's what I remember. Oh, um, I remember so, too. so, I mean, by, by virtue of that, this company has been a part of, of me since childhood. Mm-hmm. And we all feel like that. And of course the, the current generation, that's where they're getting their games. You know, GameStop's a big deal. Yeah. And, and they saw this. I mean, GameStop's been struggling. They've been closing stores. And here comes along Melvin Capital looking to make some money and destroy what's left of the company, put people out of jobs. And they said, fuck that. And they, as they t- put it, they weaponized their autism um, <laughs> is, is the phrase they use, not mine. And began buying shares of GameStop like crazy. Now, what happens is when more people buy a stock, the value of it goes up. Right. Now, let's say you're back in that position that we talked about. You know, you, you sold it at $10. Well, now you need to give the stock back, which means you, you, you have, but what you do is you have to buy it back from the people you sold it to at, at market price and give it back to the original owner. Well, if the market has gone from 10 to 15, you're not losing $5 on every stock. Right. The issue here is this stock has been as low as I think $11 over the past few months. Mm-hmm. And over the past week, it's gone as high as like $470 a share. Yes. So these, these people who did this, they were getting in at $11 a share at um, right. $15 a share, $20 a share. But what they did is there's a, a Reddit uh, um, community called wall street bets. And what they did is they got everybody in on this, everybody there, you know, buy stocks, buy stocks, and you know, by by GME, that's what they've been doing. And now, um, the Reddit community owns so much of GameStop that it's it, it, basically this Melvin Capital company is losing a billion dollars for every eleven dollars the share goes up. Nice. So think about that, up to like you know four hundred and seventy dollars from you know eleven or fifteen dollars. Right. How many billions they lost? This is this is potentially could put people out of business. Now, that's great for them. I mean, there are people who have made like nine billion dollars on this. Okay. I mean, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. I'm sorry. There were nine people that made a billion dollars together on it. Um, But people, yeah, they, they dumped their, their savings into it and they're getting back hundred, 200, $300,000 on this if they sell. But what Reddit did is they said, you know what? We're not going to sell. We're going to hold on to it. Our hands have made of diamond, meaning that they hold on to the stock because potentially they can drive this stock up to whatever price they want. As long as nobody sells, the sky's the limit. And that's right. what's got Wall Street scared. Because basically what they've been doing for years, which is perfectly legal, when the general public starts to do it, they start screaming and having a fit. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you notice what's happened in the news over the week, there's been a lot of manipulation. Um, Robinhood and other companies started restricting sales of stock, which yep. uh, AOC had a twitch last night, uh, uh, you know, basically coming out and saying, this is wrong. You know, th- this is what you guys do all the time. It's wrong when the general public does it. It's okay for you to steal money, but it's 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 not okay for people to use the same tools. Uh, it's also illegal. Um, Robinhood has been found selling shares of people's stock without telling them. Um, there's a bunch of shit. They've been using something called a, a ladder or a short ladder uh, to try to devalue the stock right before closing. And what that is, is two firms uh, collude to do this and they start selling back and forth, selling the same stock back and forth. But what they're doing is they're selling fractions of that stock, like pennies on it. But the algorithm that Wall Street uses only sees a flurry of activity. And when people start selling like crazy, that means the stock value goes down. So what's happening is stock gets up to 470. 
all right, right before closing, it drops $185. Overnight trading goes right back up because those are showing the real numbers. So what they're doing is they're manipulating it. They're trying to show a low closing number to scare people into selling. But once they close, you can see the aftermarket price back um, it pops back up because that's the real price. So what we're seeing is manipulation by um, by Wall Street. We're seeing manipulation by the brokerage companies. Uh, it, it's it's insane. There are class action lawsuits being you know thrown around like crazy. And I, I think the bottom line is there's nothing illegal about this. Okay, Wall Street Bets has grown to a community of 6.2 million people as of today. Wow. It might be the biggest Reddit community there is. I don't know. But I mean, that's what they're saying. 6.2 million of us, even if we all, you know, one share of stock, um, you know, that's huge. And it's, it's awful because what we're actually seeing, um, the news outlets have come on several times today. They did it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They did it today. Come out saying Melvin Capital has um, covered their, their clothes or, or whatever the term is for saying that they got what they needed. If they did that, then the stock price would drop. But even the news media has reportedly uh, reported that they've closed, but they still haven't. So the news media is contributing to this manipulation of this stock just because Wall Street is losing money. That's insane. So it, it, it's insane. Uh, the fact that the media is in on it as well, to, to some degree. I can't imagine why else they'd be doing that unless they're really being duped. They're supposed to be smart and investigative and figure this shit out. Now, you've got uh, a lot of lawmakers you know, who are on the side of the Redditors um, all over the place, uh, not just AOC. I think Mitt Romney said something and a bunch of other you know, lesser known ones. Uh, it really seems like uh, momentum is on the side of, uh, of Reddit. And I, I can't afford to buy GameStop. I, I wish I had been paying attention because, you know, even a week ago, I could have gone in on this. Uh, right. But the next two stocks that they're looking to uh, to do this to and starting wow. to invest like this in. Blockbuster is uh, one of them. Yeah. Well, th no, BlackBerry, not Blockbuster. Somebody Blockbuster, says, somebody said Blockbuster was one of them, too. Uh, Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. No, there's still one out there. I uh, know they, they closed. They had to they had to sell everything. Okay. Somebody, I, I'm pretty, I, I, I'm pretty I heard, sure. I, th I thought you told me about that, Paul. Didn't they finally shut that down? No. They turned it into a bed and breakfast. Oh, maybe. But it's still, it's still, it's still considered. It still says Blockbuster Video on it. But it well, well, one of the the trade companies is BB, which is BlackBerry. That's one of the, one of the ones they're pushing. Okay, so maybe, maybe that maybe that was what they, they thought. Maybe it was Blockbuster was BB. Um, but. but no, AMC and Nokia. So I went and I bought a share in AMC. I bought a couple in Nokia. It wasn't much. I, I spent twenty bucks on each. You know, just to say I'm part of this this thing in history. This isn't going to go on forever. The SEC is probably going to step in and. Um, stop this from happening because, you know, they, they can't have regular people taking advantage of the stock market market like they do. You know, that can't be allowed. They're going right. to find a way. We can't to all play it. in the same playground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can't be level field. They'll find a way to stop it. But right now uh, is a good time. I mean, with money, it doesn't matter if you lose. Okay. I spent 40 bucks. I'm not going to lose my house over 40 bucks. Um, see where it goes. You know, I mean, AMC and Nokia aren't going to go up as high as GameStop probably. I mean, that's a once in a lifetime type thing, but they could go up significantly. Um, I'm hoping to get enough to uh, pay off my uh, PSVR. There you go. I'd be, I'd be happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that's what's going on. It, it's been an absolute crazy week. And, and, and this is contributing. Crypto is going back up as well. Um, crypto has had a good week. Uh, you know, financially, it's been it's been good for the regular people, and it's been bad for the people that do it for a living. So. Right, They've, people finally caught on to these people that are 
taking advantage of all this stuff. Like you're saying, all the hedge funds companies and these people, are, they've been doing it for years and the American people finally caught on there and they're going, oh, wait a minute, you, got, you guys can't do that. Yeah. So wh- wh- why can't why can I not do it, but you can do it and can say it's legal, but when I do it, it's it's not legal. So. Yeah, it's it's actually legal for all of us to do it. And right. they're doing some illegal and unconstitutional things to try to stop it. Um, I guess the big takeaway from this is if they really hold their stock, I, I don't think that anything can really be done. I mean, this this may be a watershed moment. This may be something that's looked back on you know, in history. And it's going to be a group of 6.2 million message board people who refer to making money as tendies and call themselves and each other retards all the time. That's their word, not mine. Just so you all know, they pretty much sign off everything with, but I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a retard like you guys, every single post. Um, So they're um, it's, it's, it's definitely not politically correct. uh, But I, I don't know. I mean, I, things are definitely going to change. Will they change for the better or will they, you know, the, the, the rich find new tricks to just. I, mean, you know, but I was going to say the exact same thing. They'll find some other way to, to manipulate the system. Yeah. But how cool is it that the regular people are doing this right now and GameStop, Holy crap. They're a fortune 500 company right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they were going bankrupt and, and everything. They're now a fortune 500 company. I think they're like 497 or 496 on the list. That's and nothing's awesome. changed for them. They're not selling any more or less. It's all the Redditors doing this. That, that's amazing that we can have that kind of power uh, to do something crazy like that. I saw a, a meme that said, you know, a, a GameStop at their first fe- meeting of uh, Fortune 500 members. And it was a bunch of uh, people in suits and then Big Bird sitting at the side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, this just in, by the way, we just got a new report. The top five richest people. Okay. It's uh, number one, Elon Musk. Number two, Jeff Bezos. Number three, Bill Gates. Number four, Bernard Arnault. And there's a new player on this list. Hugh, you ready for this one? Yep. Number five is retard 6969. <laughs> oh. Of course, you know, there there goes, you know, back when I said, hey, we can never use that word on the air. Right. And now <laughs> we've used it multiple times in one times. episode. But in all fairness, it's all from other sources. Yes. These are not our words. Yeah. I mean, they're coming out of our mouths, but they're not our words. We, we, we don't claim responsibility for anything we say anyway, so. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Paul, you got any money in stocks? No, not until later. <laughs> you mean after the show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you know, I, I can't, all I can say is, uh, you know, I think AMC is going to go up. Um, Nokia, I discovered, actually is one of the three top infrastructure builders of electronics, which is amazing that their stock has been down, you know, you know, three, four dollars a share. It's up to six something now. Uh, but I, I think that we probably have enough time for two more of these to really get big. I mean, you're, you're not going to make as much on these again, because they haven't been shorted as much. The big thing with GameStop is that they actually borrowed more than a hundred percent of the existing stock somehow. Nobody knows how they did that. So right now it's impossible for them to cover their shorts because they have to cover 120% of the existing stock. Yikes. Yeah, wow. which, you know, it, it isn't actually possible, especially if nobody's willing to sell to them. And that's the thing. They're, they're going to have to buy these at whatever, you know, at the higher price in order to mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. Um, 
I've, I've droned on long enough about it. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm, I'm just like you. So what app do you, what app do you use for? I'm, I'm using cash app. Um, only because, uh, other than my 401k, uh, I haven't played around with this, um, in, in years. Um, so I'm only getting back into it and I was looking to quickly be able to pick something up. At first I tried Robinhood before they pulled all their shady shit. Uh, and, and I couldn't get it to verify my, uh, my bank account. Um, and I tried, I tried verifying my, uh, my PayPal and it just, it wasn't working. And I'm like, fuck this. And I looked for the next one and uh, cash app would, uh, I was able to get signed right up and, uh, make my, my purchases. So, I mean, it's, it seems like a pretty good app. Uh, there may be better ones out there. Certainly uh, do some research, but I mean, I think the important thing right now is if you want in on this, get something and get some, you know, and, and then you can move stuff around later on if you need to. Or is it that big of a deal if your first few shares of something are on one app and everything else is on another once you figure out what you want to do? I mean, right. this is a time-sensitive thing. You know, if you, if you don't grab this stuff when it's cheap, you're not going to make any money. Right. I, I just want to be part of it just to be part yeah. of it regardless. Just I mean, I wish I could be sounds part of the cool. GameStop part. Well, yeah, I mean, you, could, you could always buy a share. I mean, you, you could probably pick one up for, you know, Monday morning for 190, 200 bucks, one share of GameStop. It's going to go back up to, you know, three, 400. Well, they're, they're saying that they're going to hold until it hits 10 grand. Yikes. You know, we'll see if that's actually possible. Um, but I, I'm fairly certain that uh, even buying it now, when it drops, it's probably still good. The, the problem is it goes up so quickly that, you know, you've got to buy it at the right time. Yeah. So, you know, usually just after open from what I'm seeing or in the afternoon, right before close is when it's going to get the, the lowest. Well, there you have it. The one and only time in history that you're going to get stock advice on GeekPod. You don't know <laughs> that. You can't possibly know that. It's a pretty safe bet, I'd say. <laughs> hey, it's, it's becoming a hobby of mine, so you never know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and the weird part about it is, is just before the pandemic hit, I was talking to my father about starting to learn how to like invest in stuff like that. And like you said, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Obviously we all missed it because we weren't paying attention, but like you said, you're, you're kind of getting into it. It's getting to be a little bit of a hobby. I want to get into it too. So I've been kind of, you know, looking at a few things. I found a few things, but you know, when the pandemic hit, I kind of stopped. So I, I kind of got to get back into looking at a few things. I mean, if I come across something that I think might be worth looking into, I'll let you guys know. Um, cool. I got a few people that I, I talked to about it. My uncle um, is one guy that I talked to, will talk to a lot about it. He, he invested in stuff when he was, when, when he was younger, he owns, he owns Fayetteville Dodge. The company his sons now run the, the, the day-to-day business he doesn't he just sits in his house at his computer and watches everything he goes in the office once in a while they own fanful dodge they own jeep, uh, jeep chrysler Cortland. so but he's he's invested he's got a few things he's investing into what are you looking at me like that for because that's where Kristen bought our uh, least her jeep from down in Cortland. yeah that's where they sent her because she originally went out to fayetteville and they said no you want to go out to the one in Cortland." Yeah, that's my that's my uncle's place. My my two my three cousins run it. Robbie and Ryan run the one here in Fairfield, and Jeff runs the one in Cortland. Information that would have been useful before you went and got the car, huh? Right, would have been better to know about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so 
but yeah, so my uncle is, uh, he's a guy that I, I, I talked to. My, my cousin used to be really good before the, the whole fail, the whole failure. He worked for Merrill Lynch for a number of years and he was a, a genius in picking stocks. And I never really, now we're talking when I was in my twenties and you don't think of shit like that when you're in your twenties, you're not thinking of, you know, putting money aside for your, you know, for yourself in 20 years or whatever, but he, he picked a bunch of stocks at that time that, that took off. And, you know, I never even thought about getting in on any of that stuff. So, so he would be another kid I would talk to another guy I would talk to. I say kid, he's my age. So, but if I find something, if I, if I come across something or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you guys in. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a new segment for you. We'll call it geek stocks. <laughs> there you go. Hold on. <laughs> you, you have a computer right in front of you, do you not? Yeah, but you can actually hear the ticket. You, you, know you, know you know how to type, right? Man, no, here no. I, thought, I thought Cloverfield of Dreams was going to end up being the one you wrote down. Uh, the list is already four long, and that is not on there. <laughs> nice. um, but since we're referencing movies, Corbs, you want to jump into the uh, classic movie review? Sure, why not? Like, I mean, I guess if I have to, I have to, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I, I was told that my movie reviews weren't the best. They were kind of uh, not really reviews as more of a recap. Who told you that? Well, we won't go into that, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> so we're gonna try something a little different today all right so i got some advice from a, a, a good dear friend of mine who won't who will, who will remain nameless paul <laughs> yeah so the movie i'm gonna do uh is major league uh, i do it because it's getting close to time when pitchers and catchers report for baseball so major league released in 1989 uh started Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, and Rene Russo. Uh, it's a baseball movie about the Cleveland. It's a baseball movie about the Cleveland Indians. It's a fictitious, fictional movie about it because obviously they still haven't won the World Series. Um, but Cleveland is like they're the lovable losers of Major League Baseball. Pardon me, my chain is all fucked up. Uh, they get a new owner. Uh, she's got a pretty good deal to move the team from cold weather Cleveland to sunny Miami. If she can break the team's lease with the city, she has to drop the attendance below a certain number. I can't remember the number off. I think it's like 800,000 or whatever it might be, 80,000 or whatever it might be, but a certain number. So she hires the most incompetent group of players either past their prime or never had a prime. These are guys that you don't know, or they're way over, way older. And there's a funny scene. There's a funny part in this movie right here when she hands the list out to the, the board of directors or whatever, the, the board. And the guy looks at the list and he goes, this guy here is dead. <laughs> and she goes, go cross him off then. <laughs> Meaning like, this is the list of players I want. He's not there. Then just cross him off. We'll get somebody else. Um, so some of the players that she... She they hire they they sign or hire or whatever you want to call it. It's an almost blind criminal. 
and Rick Vaughn, played by Charlie Sheen. A well-past-his-prime, often-injured catcher, Jake Taylor, played by Tom Berenger. And a never-heard-of Willie Hayes, better known as Willie Mays Hayes, played by, at that time, I didn't realize it, his fourth movie he's ever was ever in, Wesley Snipes. So the, it starts out, Rachel Phelps is the owner. She wants the team to lose. So she takes away everything, takes away their private the jet, takes away their bus that they travel on. She replaces it with old beat up equipment, doesn't replace any of the pipes, doesn't replace any of the equipment or anything like that, hoping that it will lower the players' expectations and they won't play better. They'll just get not give a shit and play like crap. Well, her villainous ways and treatment of the players turns against her and they band together and begin to play better and become potential winners. So that's kind of the gist of the movie. I mean, I don't really want to get into too much of stuff, but there are some pretty good funny moments and funny lines in the movie. I think if you've seen it, you know, some of the lines, um, some of the best ones um, are when Rick Vaughn first comes into the, his first pitching appearance and he throws the first pitch and it hits the backstop and Bob Euchre, who's the, Harry Doyle, the announcer, goes, just a bit outside. <laughs> and he goes, Vaughn, tried the corner and missed. <laughs> ball four. Ball eight. And he's, you, know, you, you see in, 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 he's throwing, you see him throw a pitch outside, low, in the dirt or whatever. And he goes, oh, ball 12. And Vaughn has walked the bases loaded. And then the, after they show, the, there's three guys that got, like, they're in Indian outfits and they're beating drums and they're singing the song, Wild Thing. And that's what he gets. He gets nicknamed Wild Thing. That's one of the funny moments in there. Um, what is the other one? The other one I like is uh, when they're in spring training and uh, Eddie Harris is the pitcher is talking with Pedro Serrano and they're talking about um, Pedro's religion. He worships voodoo. And he says something to the fact, oh, Jesus, I like him very much, but he know hit a curveball. And Harris says, you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? So they're all talking, oh, let's not start a holy war. And then Eddie Harris says to him, oh, you might not want to leave that rum sitting around here with this group, meaning that they're going to steal it or somebody's going to drink it on him if he leaves it sitting around. And Serrano gets up and says, it's, you know, in that deep voodoo style voice, like it's very bad to steal Joe, Joe, Joe Boo's rum. It is very bad. And it kind of walks away. And Harris is kind of like, uh, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Type of thing. And then it cuts. Then obviously you have the whole spring training. Another good scene is where Wesley Snipes, they take him out in the middle of the night because he wasn't invited to spring training. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they put his bed outside the thing and he, their gun is going off for them to run sprints. And he wakes up and he goes, shit, I got cut already? Like he hadn't done anything and he already got cut. And then it cuts to a scene where he's running on the, running with the guys, the two guys that already started and he outruns them. Well, I mean, he's obviously he's very fast, so they sign him to a contract type of thing. Another scene is um, when Eddie Harris is the pitcher and Rick Vaughn are sitting in the, in the clubhouse and Harris pulls off his shirt and he's got Crisco on his shoulder. He's got a bunch of other stuff. And he's like, he's like, what's that shit on your shoulder? He's like, oh, it's Crisco. 
and he's like, oh, this, you know, he reaches down it, it, under his belt and goes, Vagisil, and then he's like, Vaseline. He goes, any, he goes, any other, you know, any of this stuff will put another two to three inches drop on your curveball. And he looked at him and goes, you put, you put, you know, you, something like that. He goes, those don't, don't have an arm like you do. He, he goes, so it's, I'm going to watch me real close. So what I do is I take a little jalapeno and get inside. I was like, you didn't run in. If I need to load the ball up, just wipe my nose. And he goes, you put snot on the ball? And he goes, yeah, I don't have an arm like you do, kid. You know, saying like, I used to be like you, you know, 20 years ago. Now I've got to do everything I can to get the ball over the plate. Funny movie. Uh, for me, it's a great movie. It's my mother's absolute favorite baseball movie of all times. When it's on, she watches it religiously. I have a DVR now for her, so she can watch it whenever she wants. But the best part about the DVR is it's got all the squaring in it. Perfect. It's not on AMC. It's not the TV-censored one. Yeah, yeah not the TV-censored one. It was on, um, I want to say, IFC. Nice. IFC has all the swearing, all the nudity, and all that stuff. It, they cut out a few things, but not too much. That movie, you can't watch it without the, the swearing in it. It make, That makes the movie. Oh, it sells the jokes. Yeah, it, it sells the jokes. So for me, I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give it four stars, four out of five stars. Um, it could be better. I mean, obviously, they could show a little bit more towards it, towards the end. Do they? How do they do in the playoffs? They make the playoffs. How do they do? Type of thing. They don't get into that. They get into that in, into the next the, the sequel, which there are two sequels, Major League Two, which is pretty good, and then Major League Back to the Miners, which is really bad. That was basically one that was a straight to cable one. Yeah. Yeah, straight to the straight to video, and then they burnt that video. They should have. Yes. Yeah. But I did read they are talking about they're doing talking about doing a third one with all the guys coming back Snipes, Berenger, Charlie. That would be cool. King. They're talking about and just ignoring back to the one back Major League Three back to the minors, just ignoring that one completely. Now it's been in the works for 10 years as of 2015. It was still in the works, but they haven't. There's been no they were waiting for Wesley Snipes to get out of jail, <laughs> right? Could where will be and. Like I said, it, this was his fourth movie, and then he didn't come back for the sequel. He decided to, to concentrate on something else. And then, oh, I'm sure he'd come back for this one. I'm, right. sure <laughs> I'm sure he would too. So, yeah. So for me, it's a it's a four out of five stars. So nice. Now, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the review before we go into our, our our next break. And I actually couldn't find one from Ebert. He wouldn't even touch this at the time. So I had to go for uh, Dave Cares from the uh, the Chicago Tribune. And uh, title is Major League Knows When to Throw Right Pitches. He gives it three stars. He says, last summer's unlikely boom in baseball movies resumes this year with David Ward's Major League, a film that is neither as cloyingly sentimental as Eight Men Out, nor as engagingly eccentric as Bull Durham. It's a slick, functional piece of entertainment put together rather too professionally from predictable plot situations Familiar characters and crowd-pleasing climaxes. Those are my favorite kind. The team of Major League, which uses the name, uniforms, and stadium of the Cleveland Indians, is composed of a group of lovable losers who seem ideal for a TV sitcom. There are Jake Taylor, played by Tom Berenger, the veteran catcher who was a star player until his knees gave out, Ricky Vaughn, played by Charlie Sheen, a fastball pitcher recruited from a prison team who still has to learn something about on and off field control. And in the key position of likable jerk, Roger Dorn, played by Corbin Burnson, not stretching much from LA law, the third baseman who is the team's last remaining established talent, but who is waiting for waiting out the season to take up a broadcasting career. 
These men, together with such teammates as a Cuban hitter who practices voodoo, they don't even give his name, really, uh, played by Dennis Haysbert, and a base-stealing outfielder who hustles his way into training camp, played by Wesley Snipes, have been assembled with a purpose to lose as many games as possible. It seems that the team's cynical owner, ex-showgirl, played by M- Margaret Witten, freshly widowed by her millionaire husband, wants to move the team to Miami and can break her stadium lease only if annual attendance falls below 800000 Good job. Under Ward's bright but soulless direction, as a screenwriter, he crafted The Sting. Major League devotes its first half to baseball bloopers and its second to rah-rah action as the team members finally made wise to their owner's plan, decide to save their pride by winning the pennant. That they're able to get to the playoffs without breaking a visible sweat suggests just how little grit there is in Ward's filmmaking. The personal dramas of Major League seem equally synthetic as Jake is given another chance with a woman of his dreams, played by Rene Russo, who's been taking Michelle Pfeiffer lessons. Ricky <laughs> gains some quick maturity and Roger learns to be a team player. The film is just as inspirational as the baseball movies of the 50s, though the language of Ward's script has the benefit of some R-rated color, as it should. Major League is a movie that knows what it's up to. It's It skims along agreeable, along agreeable services. Jesus Christ. Apparently, expertly, <laughs> expertly balancing its comedy with melodrama and fulfilling expectations right on schedule. As a movie, it's a superior industrial product. I really don't like his reviews. He kind of sucks. <laughs> I got to say, you know, your comment on the crowd-pleasing climaxes, I had no idea you had an OnlyFans account. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to make money somewhere. Come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. That's uh that's uh that's major league, and I like the new format, Corbs. Very Uh-oh. nice. There he goes. Yes. Thank you. And uh go. that's yeah. gonna yeah. uh send us into our next break. We're gonna come back and uh I, I have a little something I wanna wanna throw at you guys. Uh I, I've got a, got a a couple movies I wanna talk about too. So perfect. So okay. it's gonna be a whole lot of movie talk tonight. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll see you back in just a few minutes, folks. And hopefully this time I will actually hit the stop recording button. The fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest returns in 2021 with an all-new location. This family-friendly event will have new celebrity guests, new activities and attractions, as well as a diverse selection of vendors, ranging from horror and sci-fi merchandise, artists and authors, tattoo artists, podcasts, as well as unique vendors like breweries and wineries. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 27th and 28th at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Guest announcements will begin after the new year. For all up-to-date information, including tickets, vendor space, and sponsorship packages, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Please note, dates of event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. And we're back. That was riveting. What are we doing now? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so I found something online today, guys, that I, I wanted to run past you. It was an article from theinsider.com. And um, it is a, a list of 10 movies that were um, beloved movies that have not aged well. 
Okay. Uh, they're so saying said, that you said beloved movies. Are we talking about certain genre, certain era? Like a little bit of everything is on this list. Okay. And uh, basically the inference was that since these movies have been made, the way culture has gone, there's a whole lot of no-nos in this. And uh, most of these movies I've seen or I'm very familiar with some, not so much. Um, I'm just going to start it right off at the top of the list. They start off with crash from 2004. Have you guys seen this movie? Um, I have no. I okay, I'm not very familiar with it. They said um, the film's examination of racial conflict offensively reduces a societal ill to a narrative device. Uh, all I know is um, Matt, whatever the hell his name Matt is, Dylan. thank you, is in it as a cop and something about him and Holly Berry. Um, so I, I really saw, can't. I only saw bits and pieces of it, so I haven't really. I couldn't really give you any. Okay, I can't speak to this one. The next one, I think we've probably all seen. That's Avatar from 2009. Um, this has been now called out for being racist. Against really? people? Um, so what they say is um, this movie has a white savior complex, meaning it depicts a leading white character saving people of color from situations they are unable to save themselves from. And naturally, the white character who is integrated into the people of color, color is the most awesome character in the end. You guys agree with that? It's been so long since I saw that movie. I liked it. I, you know, Sam Worthington. Mm-hmm. Ah oh, man, I I am really torn on this. I, I know what white white savior complex is, and I but agree isn't, that it's isn't he disabled too? In that movie, yes, he, he's he's crippled. Right. So, isn't it defensive to <laughs> so him being a cripple offsets his whiteness? Is what you're saying? Right. Yeah. It's a it, <laughs> no. it's a wash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know they're correct in that the white savior complex is a thing that has happened throughout um movies mm -hmm. the problem is you can apply that to just about anything just for a character randomly being white okay um not every movie can i mean if every movie switched over to having black protagonists then i mean we it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh, equality or equity either it would be neither which apparently this week suddenly yeah i don't know if you've noticed this like equity versus equality has become a huge thing um i don't know if we want to talk about that anyway but i mean that that movie didn't didn't come across to me like that because he spends most of the movie blue anyway but i mean i suppose if you're gonna you're gonna look at it then i guess you know um the indiana jones in the temple of doom don't get ahead of me Oh, it's on the list. <laughs> um, I mean, so many. I mean, you could say that about Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks. I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, I, I don't. They're Muppets. Okay. They, they speak. <laughs> they have they have intelligence. They have conscience. They they worship. They are people of colored fur. Okay. Um, they, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I'm saying that's a really slippery slope. And you end up applying that to just about anything just because the main character happens to be white. Right. And now you bring up a good point. Isn't it also cultural appropriation? Since like you said, he spends most of the movie being blue. Oh, well, yeah, let's, let's just chalk up a, a list of, of sins avatar. I'm not even a big off. fan of the movie. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was, it was cool. Really it had great effects. That's about as far as I went with it. Yeah. I don't what's know. A new, what's a new one coming out? Never. Who knows? Supposedly he's, it's he's coming. making like 15 sequels. So All at once. Yes. 
every Navi is going to have their own movie in the end is what they're going to do. Uh, next on the list from 1961 is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Never seen it. I've never seen it either. Supposedly a classic. I remember they, they did that song in the 90s about liking it. Um, well, my mom, my, I know my mom's a big fan of Catherine Hepburn, so I'm sure she's seen it. So. All right. Well, maybe check in with her on this because they say uh, this one's getting lambasted for racist depictions of an Asian character slash whitewashing. Mickey Rooney. A white oh, actor no. portrayed an Asian character, Mr. Yuniyashi, and while in character, Rooney did an exaggerated accent and had his eyelids taped down. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of it, and this one that this is fair. That that's it's bad. <laughs> it's fucking bad. <laughs> Just from the still I saw. So again, not having seen it, and, and <laughs> the best part was is that they did a partial clip of uh, an article with him an interview with him after the fact and he said it, it hurt his heart there was such a backlash on this because you know when the movie was made you know everybody thought it was hilarious and you know oriental people would come up to him and tell him how funny he was in the part yeah next up 16 candles from 1984 john hughes movie um huge cult following right uh it has problematic portrayals of rape and racism first offense long duck dong a chinese foreign exchange student has been dubbed an offensive racist character by some critics who have also (laughs) the donger yeah who have also pointed out that every mention of his name is followed by the sound of a gong (laughs) an instrument with roots in china not the donger. You can't mess not with the donger. donger. What's that okay. happening, Aha stuff? Seriously. <laughs> okay, the next one is a little more serious. Farmer Ted violates an intoxicated young woman who is in no condition to consent. To make it worse, Farmer Ted is egged on to do so by the woman's boyfriend. I don't know how this in the movie. I, I don't I, I don't know that scene. I mean, uh, literally, the only thing I remember about that is Molly Ringwald and the Donger. Remember Anthony Michael Hall and the table. So, God, no. yeah, I don't I don't remember that one. I have to watch that movie again. See it now. Next up, Revenge of the Nerds, nineteen eighty four. Well, of course, oh. that's got awful stuff in it. <laughs> Questionable stereotypes, homophobia, and rape culture. One of our, our, our leading nerds, Lewis, tricks a woman named Becky into having sex with him by stealing her boyfriend's Halloween costume, <laughs> Darth Vader, and pretending he is the man she is having consensual sex with. And people have pointed out that this is rape by deception. The nerds also sell naked photos of Becky. Isn't that from the, the, the selling the pies, the thing? Yep. The bottom have the... Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I'll give them that one. That is cringy. Now watching yeah. it back. yeah. yeah. Next, Lamar. (laughs) He's written with a lot of overly feminine gay stereotypes that are used to define him and constantly make him the punchline of the joke. I don't remember him being a punchline a lot, but they definitely made it very clear that he was a gay man. Very clear. He's very feminine. Oh, and then it's floppy, his floppy javelin. I forgot about that when he's running. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, finally, the Asian character who can barely, barely speak English is present to propagate stereotypes and to be the butt of many jokes. I don't even remember an Asian character in the movie. He is. He drinks when they're watching the, the security cameras and, they, and they're talking about having seeing Bush or whatever. And he goes, mm. oh, pear pie. Yes. Okay. Now, yep. Uh, next up. Is already spoiled by Hugh. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 1984, for racist stereotypes. They don't even mention the white savior complex really? in this one. Racist stereotypes? Racially insensitive scenes, including the one where villagers eat monkey brains and fried bugs, and racial stereotypes that appear consistently throughout the film of Indians. At the time of the film's release, I didn't know this, it was banned in India because the government reportedly found the material to be racist and offensive. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. And I just watched this maybe six months ago. You wow. know, I always got the impression that, I mean, they weren't like regular, you know, that not like everyone in India was like that, that they were like a remote tribe. And that's why they, they were different. And that's the impression I, I remember from the movie. It never occurred to me that they were, you know, giving any sort of, Right. Yeah, they would, that we were being racist. It never occurred to me at all. Right. I mean, if they really wanted to propagate stereotypes for Indians, wouldn't it be them going out and shitting on train tracks? Yeah. Well, I, that's a that's a relatively new meme. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from 1999, American Beauty. I'm going to pause. Let you guys cringe here now. Questionable sexual politics and sexualization of children. Now, their big problem with this, you know, not Mira Sarvino, who looks like she's 12 bathing in a, a bath with rose petals, but their big problem is Kevin Spacey and his multiple sexual assault allegations made against him. And these allegations include incidents of sexual misconduct with minors. So everybody has painted this movie with what has come since. Yeah, except he's gay, isn't he? Yes. yes okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying that that there it's it's not a, a valid discussion to have, but um, being that he is gay, I, I don't think that it's not like he was like mm -hmm, I get to see Mira Sorvino's tits, you know. I mean, I don't, you know that that was actually I, I found that a very interesting movie, um, just because it was so inappropriate, and you got to see a man in the depths of of madness and actually pull himself back from it, which when I was watching it, I wasn't sure he was going to. And yeah, it's right. cringy, but it, it's supposed to actually kind of, I think it was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was intentional. It was supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. You can't do that. You can't do that in this day and age. Now you can't no. make people uncomfortable with these things. I don't, and I don't, don't I don't understand why it's, it's movies. It's not like this is a, I, th I think that's a sign of a good film is if it challenges you in a way. Right. But what I'm getting at is it's not, it's not a actual real life. It's, it's a make-believe storytelling. Stop looking at all this stuff as it's actually real. Cause it's not now. Don't get me wrong. Shit like that happens in real life. I get that part of it. People take these movies and then reenact them in real life. So what are you going to say? You, you can't make any movies. Right. Because some 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 whack job out there is looking at it going, oh, I can do that because they're doing it in this movie. Well, I'm just waiting for some farmer's kid to jump on a, a 
speed or go to the big city, join the Rebel Alliance, and blow up Death Star. That hasn't happened yet. Well, that's next cool. week. Does, I have plans. Yes. <laughs> You're a farmer's son. <laughs> I can be. I mean, I did grow up in the sticks. <laughs> oh, you can be. Is that your OnlyFans again? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> next up, Gone with the Wind, 1939. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, their big problem is the portrayal of slavery in the Confederacy. Uh, glossing over the harsh realities of slavery while romanticizing the Confederacy. I don't know why they feel the need to explain this, but the Confederacy is a collection of states in, in America that fought for the right to continue to own enslaved people in the 1860s. Thanks, history. Um, I mean, wasn't this also, you know, an, an, an adapt, adaptation of a novel? It was. Yes. So all of a sudden, are we just supposed to, you know, wash everything away from the source material and the well, time I mean, frame? In all fairness, none of us here know whether that existed in the source material or not. It may have been there and they may have uh, made it prettier for Hollywood. I, I, I There's also that. Yes. You're not wrong on that. We're, we're wrapping the list up here. We got two left, guys. She's all that from 1999. They say it's sexist. Definitely never seen that. I have seen that. Not a good movie. I have too. Uh, film's main character, Lainey Boggs, played by Rachel Lee Cook, is teased about her personality and looks, and she completely changes both of those things to impress a man, played by Freddie Prince Jr. This is portrayed as being romantic and cute, but many have pointed out that it is degrading how a man's standard for beauty and his perception of how a woman should behave are at the center of this romance. They said that is very detrimental to the well-being of a of a young lady, and it, it's a, a harmful stereotype. They're saying that she or he she changes everything because she goes from the the nerdy painter chick to being a smoke show. I don't see that. I know. I, I know the movie, and I, she does that, but I don't. I don't agree with that. Well, of course, what they're saying is that she shouldn't have to change everything about herself. For someone to love her. They're well, saying that. that's sexist. Okay. And finally, the most insulting of these 10 to me. Chasing Amy, 1997. Well, of course. I mean, that's a Kevin Smith movie. There's going to be bad stuff in that all over the place. <laughs> On purpose, probably. Yeah, this this right. list could be full of Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> right? There should be just 10 of them. And, and you know the worst part? I have a feeling I know where they're going to go with this. And all of that was because they talked about shit honestly. No, go ahead. What do, what do you think it's about? Because I, 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 is, it, is it the betrayal of um, lesbians in the movie? Or is it just because, you know, I, I don't know if she's, I don't think she's actually lesbian in real life, but is that Joey? No, she's le not. Lesbian going with, with a guy for a little while. Right on the nose. Yep. Uh, spreading harmful stereotypes about being gay. They say a lesbian can go straight even if just for a little while as soon as the right guy comes along. It's a harmful stereotype and not true. Okay, is that what really happens in the movie though? Is it that he's the right guy? No, clearly not, especially if you've seen Jane Silent Bob reboot where they <laughs> revisit them. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'm not sure if that's outright. I mean, clearly she was probably bisexual, which is right. more likely. I mean, but they don't have a problem with the whole racist rant at the beginning. That that, that wasn't a problem. 
Is that because it was by a, a, a black man? Possibly. And listen to us, uh, three white guys. Three white guys judging this. About, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's awful. <laughs> we are the white saviors. <laughs> oh, God, we couldn't put our feet in our mouth, man. You know, if we ever really did make it famous with this podcast, we this wouldn't. Will last it for us. Yeah, either, either when they start going through the back catalog, uh, we would get canceled immediately. <laughs> Uh, so that's my list. I, I found it very interesting. And I've seen other ones of these before too, but I couldn't track any of the other ones down like on short notice. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it bothers me because if you take any of these individually, you can enjoy the movies. And before our culture and climate have changed, it probably wasn't a big deal. Some of them, like I said, are super cringy. Like the Mickey Rourke is an Asian guy. With yeah, the- Mickey Rourke? Oh, no, I'm sure he's got some too. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, my bad. Um. <laughs> right, but I, I agree with what you're saying. If you watch these movies and take out the culture and just watch the movie for an enjoyment side, yes, there are some that are cringy. American Beauty is, is a cringy movie. It's creepy. Again, but I think by design. Right, exactly. Why do we have to... Why, why is, as a society, are we nitpicking everything why are we always you, you watch a movie and it's like well that per- person is portraying this per- person in a in a wrong way it, it, it might it, it might not be just that it might just be the way that it's being i don't know how to really kind of say it but what i'm getting at is stop over analyzing everything I mean, yes, there are there are bad things out there, and there are bad things going on in the world. I get that. I don't disagree with that, but you got to leave some shit alone and right. just sit back and enjoy it. There are this movies out there that are out there for they're out there for your enjoyment. It's not out there for you to sit back and go, "This person is not being portrayed correctly." The the character long. Long Dong and Sixteen Candles. He's a. It's. It's not. He's not being portrayed as a, as a dumb agent. He's there as, as the comic relief. That's all it is. But we're not allowed to have that anymore. Well, well uh, we're not allowed to have a minority be that anymore, because traditionally minorities have been comic relief. Mm-hmm. And that, that's one of the things you're getting at. I, a part of this stems from the worst parts of liberalism, and as a, a liberal, I, I recognize that. I think that this is a subject for an entire show. Um, honestly, if we really want to take a deep dive into it, because uh, you're right, where the the to to achieve an enlightened society, we have to right wrongs and become better. Uh, part of the problem is we're becoming too mired in what's already trans- uh, transpired, things we cannot change. Right. Even as we were ourselves are changing, we are creating media that meets our current standards, but everybody's becoming laser focused on shit that happened 20 years ago that at the time didn't seem inappropriate based on where we were as a culture. Um, I don't think that there, there's no net positive to that if we're already changing. You know, it's it's, it's a clickbait article. I mean, I think that uh, if we really want to change the world, we could be focusing our energies in a more positive way to create more change, not bitch about a John Hughes movie from the 80s. Agreed. And there is no Shermer in Illinois. 
Back to you, Hugh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I wanted to bring up a couple movies I, I managed to see this week, um, and they're connected uh, really quickly. Uh, first one was called Psycho Gorman, and um, crazy name. Uh, it came up on my radar because I saw some pictures on bloodydisgusting.com of this insane, demonic-looking um, creature guy. Uh, great practical effects. So I'm like, when this comes out, I got to watch it. Well, it's now out on Shutter uh, and other outlets. And uh, the basic premise is. Uh, uh, I don't know how long he's been there, but, you know, ages ago, this evil alien warlord that was killing everybody in the universe was they, they managed to, the forces of good got together and managed to stop him, exiled him to a prison on Earth and also left the one thing in the universe that could completely control him on that uh, particular uh, containment device. And it's discovered by two children, a brother and sister, the sister who is actually legitimately an eight year old psychopath. I mean, no Perfect. shit. Fucking hilarious, but she's absolutely crazy. And so basically they unleash this evil demonic um, monster from another planet with powers. And this eight-year-old psychopath has the device so that he has to do everything that she says. Um, hilarity <laughs> ensues. Um, it is some amazing practical effects. Uh, and it actually has a, a, there's a heart to this movie. There's some great performances, uh, especially by the father, who, who is just a very interesting character. Um worth looking at i do not want to spoil too much this is not a, a review or anything just you want to check this movie out um afterwards i just looked to see if there was sequel talk and then i ran across the name of the guy who i came up with a steven kostansky and discovered he had done a, a movie back in 2016 that had got him accolades and kind of led to him being able to do this um called the void now as i i look into this i discovered that it's a lovecraft lovecraftian movie Ooh. and um i love lovecraft the problem is most of the movies are awful and they never stick the landing. I mean, it's like great buildup and then it's stupid at the end because Lovecraft never really finished stories. It's like dread, dread, more dread, more dread. And then the main character goes crazy at the end. And he's like, I can't explain to you what I saw. It's unexplainable. So you, you never get a resolution of any kind. So that, that's, that's a limitation of the stories. And as they try to make movies based on those, that limitation shows because then the, the writers have to come up with something to end the damn movie. Well, I took a look at this movie and holy shit, this is a rock solid horror movie. Maybe the best Lovecraft movie I've seen. Um, uh, excellent special effects. Again, all practical with, I will tell you some crazy, like you think about what a Lovecraft monster is and that shit you think in your head, they somehow managed to actually put on screen all, all with practical effects. Nice. CG. I, I wicked, wicked impressive. And, and this is, this is not a big budget movie. Um, the acting was solid. The story um, was fantastic. Everything made sense. And the ending, while not the most original ending I've ever seen in a movie, it, it's a slightly derivative. It works to end the conflict, which is what Lovecraft movies usually run into. I can't say I'm dissatisfied with the ending of this movie. Um, it, it all worked. So if you're a horror fan, um, please go uh, take a look and, and find the void. It is, you know, that, that went in my, my save hard drive. You know, the, the movies that I, I know I will go back and watch because they're that good. And I don't do that with a lot of shit. OK, I don't I don't have the Marvel movies saved anywhere. I don't have them all on, on uh, Blu-ray because I, I don't plan on going back and watching them no matter how much I like them. This one was definitely a rewatch. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that, that's all I had. I just I watched those Sunday and Monday, I think. And I was just like, wow, I got to talk about these. Now, were we going to cover on uh, WandaVision this week? or I was just going to ask you that because I watched it right before we started recording. 
Did you watch it, Corbs? I did watch it. So did I. Then holy crap. A lot of shit gets connected right there. Yeah. In what, like 35 minutes? It, I don't even think it was that. Because you got to remember, there's like seven minutes of foreign credits on the end of each episode. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So I, I believe it was like 26 minutes when I uh, started going forward. And my, uh, Avery went, no, dad, don't bother. It's just the Spanish credits. <laughs> uh what a good episode uh the fact that we're we're seeing returning characters that was that was pretty freaking cool um and it was so awesome to see the effects of the return snap like we hadn't seen that yet and that was so fucking cool yeah that was cool yeah and um we're, we're going to see a lot more of Monica. Yeah, and I think this is now going to tie much more into the universe. Up until this point, it was kind of like, you know, how does this fit into everything? That 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 was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, what we just... Yeah, I, I, I Right off the bat and started seeing the people coming back together. But holy shit! And Amy's like, what's that? I'm like, shut up. Right. <laughs> I did the same thing, but it was to a 43-year-old woman. Um Kristen has not been following has has hated this show so far she didn't get it she was talking to the neighbor neighbor also hates it didn't get the show I'm like you guys just you you, you don't understand like literally you're you you don't have the marvel IQ for this show and and then as soon as everything started getting pieced together I like just give her the the smug side eye I'm like see and such a fucking phenomenal show so smartly written and mapped out i cannot wait to see where this goes like i mean from episode one i knew this was all wanda's doing like but i mean holy shit like when we panned back at the end of the episode and it was dead vision standing there yeah i jumped i was like whoa (laughs) i wasn't expecting that so loving this show like this has quickly become one of my favorite things every week Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to see. And I, I love how this episode tied everything together. The beekeeper yeah. man, the the helicopter. That's so good. So fucking good. Yeah. It was I, I enjoyed it. And like you said, it was nice. It was cool seeing the effects of the 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 snapback. That was pretty cool at the beginning. I was like, wow, that's that's so that's at least they kind of tied some of that in so you understood what kind of was going on with all that stuff. And, and it was a quick Easy yeah, ways was... to give her her origin story. Yeah. Yeah. And to tie it into Captain Marvel and soon to be Captain Marvel too, because you know that her story is going to pick up there. So it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Liking it way better than I expected I was going to now. It was fun leading up to this, but now it was holy shit. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. in for a ride. Yeah. Um, did you guys read anything good this week? Didn't read anything. No. Um, did uh, want to say, are any of you watching the stand? No, that's on CBS all access, right? Correct. No. Correct. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I might've mentioned a few weeks ago, people were mad because uh, it started off with flashbacks and they were, it was, it was confusing storytelling um, that only lasted a few episodes. Uh, it's gotten really good. Uh, first of all, this is, I now think, superior to the original Stan mini, uh, miniseries nice. um, by far because it has more room to breathe. The, the story is much better. Also, um, I had a realization the other night. I wonder if Stephen King realizes that he's effectively immortal. Um, they're going to remake this this 
every 30 years, every generation, mm-hmm. you're going to have a version of the stand. They've already done uh, the shining twice. Once as a movie, once as a, a mini TV series. series um, yep. So many of the movies, pet cemetery has been remade. They're working on Salem's lot. Uh, a hundred years from now. Yeah. It, they're, they're, they're hundred years from now. They're going to go back and say, Oh, horror writers of the last few cents, the great horror writers, Mary Shelley, Bram Stoker, Stephen King. Um, his shit is going to be on our TV and movie screens for all time. Although I'm thinking to myself, man, imagine what that shit's going to look like with, you know, the updated society. Cause that's what they do to move the story into the present time. It's going to be definitely interesting. Uh, but man, I, I, does that man realize just you know how big he is? Probably not. He seems like kind of a humble guy. Yeah, that, that's what I think. So mm-hmm. it just kind of amazed me that you know he's effectively achieved immortality. That's gotta tickle him a little bit in a creepy way, knowing him. You want to tickle creepy. Stephen King? I'm not tickling him. I'm going to send no? corpse. Not even on OnlyFans. I'm going to tickle him. Well, I did. I, I finished a book this week. About, I can ask him about Sons, sons while I'm tickling him. You what? You're going to steal his wallet? Is that what he said? I can, I can ask him about the Sons. There you go. Oh, that's right, because he was on there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He did a guest spot. I forgot. Yep. Um, so I finished a novel this week, guys. Not my own. Like oh, I'm still working on one. Uh, I read lots which, of them. Most of them Star are Star Wars. Which did you read this time? Yeah. <laughs> Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. Yeah. Uh, super good book. I'm a huge Timothy Zahn fan, especially with all of his Thrawn books. This is actually a prequel. It brings it back to before he defected from the Chiss Ascendancy and came to the Empire. It tells you about his humble beginnings and how he fucks up a lot. And uh, it's a really cool book. Um, that's hopefully the characterization they use for the Ahsoka show is close to what they're doing in these books because it's awesome. Um, he's just so cool. I cannot wait to see him on screen after all of these. And now I have to wait till April for the sequel to this book, but check it out. Really good book. It's already on audible as well. Um, Kindle find it everywhere else. Check it out. If you're a fan of any of these star Wars Thrawn books, they've all been great. This one ties back into one of the, the earlier books from a couple of years ago. Um, there's a there's a spot in the middle of the book where all of a sudden they start referencing stuff that happened at the beginning of um, Thrawn Alliance, like where he meets Anakin Skywalker for the first time, and you kind of see the other side of it, mm. like Thrawn side of it instead of Anakin's, and it's really cool the way they did it and and how it plays in and uh, advances this storyline further. Very very good, very smart writing. So fantastic. Yes. Um, that's all I've got. That's all I got. All right. So we ready to drop some wisdom nuggets then? Oh, drop your nuggets, Paul. All right. The other day I saw a mattress strapped on top of a car with a DoorDash sticker in the window. Thought to myself, are they contracting with prostitutes now? <laughs> Good night, everybody. And megabyte me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.